0: Love Talk Radio. One, two,
1: one, two, one. and a fly ball. Deep to left. Down the line. Could be. Going, going. And it is gone for a home run for David Wright. Cook him out swinging. Slider away. Tanaka tonight has struck out ten and walked one.
0: I mean, that's pretty darn good, huh? Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to Gotham Baseball Live. I'm your host, Mark Healy. I'm the managing editor of Gotham Baseball and GothamBaseball.com. We've got a great show on tap for you today. We're going to talk with Eric Boland from Newsday. He's been at Newsday since 2002. He's covered the Yankees since 2009, and he's going to take the time to be with us today uh, live from spring training And, um, you know, I I know things have just gotten started, but Eric's been providing uh, all the Yankee fans out there that have been waiting uh, impatiently for this exciting uh, season to begin. And what better way to do that than by talking about, you know, what's happening uh, in camp as we speak and certainly uh, catching up with uh, Eric to talk about, you know, just 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 what's you know, what's what's happening uh, at this moment, and he joins us on the line right now. Eric, good morning, and thank you for uh, spending the time with us today.
1: Good morning, Mark. I'm uh, glad to be with you. It's been it's been a few years since we talked.
0: Yes, it has, and it's. Uh, I was really uh, uh appreciative that you were able to make the time today. Um, reading your no last problem. couple of uh, reading uh, uh, great. Um, reading your last couple of pieces. Uh, you know it's it's kind of I'm kind of with you uh you wrote about Tanaka uh avoiding his opt-out and you talked about uh Greg Bird and I think those two guys are really important uh to what the Yankees are going to do this year let's talk about Bird you did a great piece on him um I believe it was yesterday uh in Newsday about his mission to stay healthy And, and it's funny because you know, Met fans certainly can understand. Uh, you know, the the legend of Ike Davis and a guy whose promising career just kind of went away because of a couple of just nagging injuries. And um, where do you where do you feel that the that the organization is as far as they're feeling about Bird and whether or not he can be you know a consistent presence at first base?
1: Yeah, I mean, their their thought is that he's going to be their everyday first baseman um, this year, Mark, and that. Basically, he had a couple of fluke injuries. I mentioned it in the, in the Bird story that I wrote for, for Newsday on it. Um, he had the, the, the capsule, the, the torn labrum uh, that cost him all of You know, he hit eight home runs in spring training last year. He, by far, was the most impressive bat uh, during the spring for the Yankees. Uh, and then the last spring training game uh, of the, the spring, he hits a ball off his foot. And, you know, I mean, how do you account for something like that? I get a little, you know, defensive when, when people say, oh, you know, he's, he's injury prone. Well, you know, sometimes you get guys that have fluky injuries. Certainly if another one happens uh, this spring, then maybe you have to, uh, have to wonder. But, um, you know, they, they have every belief that he's going to be there every day, uh, first baseman, and a, and a, a very productive one.
0: You know it's always so important when an organization, even an organization like the Yankees, that's willing to spend, that's willing to acquire talent, uh, i.e., uh, Giancarlo Stanton. But when you can, when you can have a homegrown guy from your own system at such an important, you know, power spot, such an important. You know, uh, position, because uh, you know he doesn't. He certainly has a good glove as well. I mean, that's got to be so important for this Yankee team to be able to have a steady presence at first base with a homegrown guy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And people forget that. Um, and again, I mentioned it in the, the story that I did in, in Newsday. He was for three or four years when he was making his way through the system. He was the guy that Brian Cashman said hands down was their boat, their best quote, pure hitter in the organization. Um, and he was saying that from the time that Bird was in, uh, was in single A. Uh, so, uh, you know, he's, he's a guy that – and he was also on that list of untouchables, if you remember the 2015 trade deadline um, when a lot of fans and some media were pushing the Yankees to go out and get David Price. And Cashman tabbed three guys as, quote, untouchable, that he would not trade under any circumstances. And it was – and you'll recognize these names – it was Aaron Judge – Luis Severino and Greg Bird. So, you know, he's just like Judge and just like Severino. Bird is a guy that, you know, they drafted under, you know, some fairly significant hype and just sort of steadily made his way uh, up the organizational chart. And uh, again, uh, you know, do they see him as, a, as an all star for the next 10 or 12 years? I mean, I don't know if you, you pin that on, on anybody that hasn't played a full season yet, uh, but they certainly have every belief that if healthy, he can be an upper echelon uh, first baseman and be out there uh, 145, 150 games a year. Uh,
0: w- one of the things I appreciate, as someone who you know was always looking for content from my own site, um, you know, you you are a constant presence, uh, Eric, on social media. Uh, you tend to stay away from, you know, uh, you know the the. Would I say the noise of some some reporters that are on uh, on social media? And you really give us you know tremendous content every day, whether it's a video of somebody working out, whether it's pictures as you did yesterday of, of, of Tanaka signing for the fans. It's just uh, it's always. It's always uh, nice to see that kind of commitment to the, to the coverage uh, for the fan base, you know, because that's really who you know, cares the most, I think, at this point. As much as your editors want you to hit your deadline, as much as you, know, uh, you want to make sure that you, you're doing your job the way you want to do it, uh, what you're really doing is it for the fans. And, and let's just talk a little bit about uh, that kind of commitment to the readers and, and why you do what you do and how much you do.
1: Well, you know, Mark. I, I actually, it's funny. I had this conversation just a couple of days ago with with somebody down here. As much as you can get driven nuts by some of the stuff that you see and hear on on Twitter, uh, which can include, you know, personal attacks on on you because you either wrote or said something that somebody doesn't, you know, agree with. Um, you know, Yankee fans, we know, can can be, uh, you know, a little bit nuts. But uh, every fan base has that, certainly that element but the bottom line is is that the, the reason that i'm able to have a job like this that i love um is because of, of the passion of the fans and the interest of the fans and i think that if you lose sight of that uh in the uh, you know as a media person you're not doing yourself uh, any favors uh our our respective news organizations you know invest uh, at least I'm speaking for Newsday, you know invest a fair amount of money for me to be down here seven weeks and travel all over the country covering the Yankees. And the reason they make that investment is because people care. And when you're talking about the Yankees, a lot of people care. Uh, and so, you know, even a a bad picture like I posted the other day of, of you know, a barely discernible Masahiro Tanaka playing catch in the outfield, um, which is as close as we, we could get. Um, but even, you know, posting that picture, you know, it gets retweeted. I see, you know, I don't know, 100, 200 times, whatever it, it turns out. Um, and people are just, particularly in the the northern states, um, particularly up there, are just happy for, you know, basically a picture of, of, you know, a Yankee playing catch and doing anything in the sunshine. And it, it's a, you know, a reminder of, of spring and summer being right around the corner. So, um, you know, ultimately, um, you know, I, I don't want to sound as maudlin as, you know, I'm here to serve the fans, but, in, in you know, in a lot of ways, that that is the case, and the job has certainly changed uh, in terms of of uh, attention to social media and and the website and the way we we go about things. I mean, there's certainly there's still old-fashioned journalism one-on-one rules that that should be abided by, I think, uh, and unfortunately in our business aren't always. Um, but uh, you know, again, at the end of the day, the, the the passion and constant interest in the Yankees from from their absolute
0: huge fan
1: base uh is is one of the reasons, if not the biggest reason that that I get to do what I do and it it's something that I love doing.
0: You know, especially uh when you combine it with a you know a football season that did certainly did not go as planned uh yeah. in New York. You know, the 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 basically people are starved for baseball content and that's you know, A that's what we try to do with Gotham baseball and certainly uh I think a lot of eyes are going to be uh, on Yankee spring training camp uh you know and and so for you obviously that that pressure to produce uh you know on a constant basis you know you know it, it it's it's going to be there so uh what the but but the best part about it is you know the amount of storylines uh that are available to you on a daily basis uh there's so many different things you know talking about you know the new M&M boys with uh, Stanton uh and 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 Judge talking about uh, you know, another year that dd D. Gregor- Greg- Gregorius has, you know, uh, you know, exceeded expectations and is, you know, as a key hitter as anybody on this team, you know, the evolution of Gary Sanchez, all these things that, you know, and I'm not even, you know, hitting the, you know, there's so much more to talk about, uh, but uh, one thing I well, want the story, to add. The
1: storylines, the, the story Mark. I'm sorry to, to cut right. you off, but
0: the, no, the it's okay. Lines,
1: somebody asked me. Somebody, somebody asked me the other day. Said, "What's your what's your main headline to, to Yankees camp?" And I really was almost at a at a loss uh, to come up with one because you know you just and you just mentioned three or four of them. Um, you know, it's it's an endless supply. And you know, again, for someone in in my business, someone in our business, uh, that's a good thing. Anyway, so I, I apologize for interrupting. So go ahead. With no, your what I'm
0: saying is the thing I want to ask is, you know, I look, I was, I wasn't shocked that Girardi did not come back, and I know that um, just from being, you know, the, the 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 few years that I was on the Yankee beat, covering not only the minor leagues but the major leagues as well, and looking at, you know, how the interactions between the media. And 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 Joe and and how that whole changed, you know, between because I had covered, you know, when Tori was there and the differences between the way the two of them communicated with with the media. Um, this is obviously Aaron Boone's first camp. Um, what what do you um, from an expectation uh, from an expect, expectation standpoint? Um, what do you expect from? Uh, Boone's first camp? Do you think it's going to be a relaxed camp? Do you think they're going to be able to, even despite all the distractions with all the expectations, do you think that that Boone will, will run a a, a a solid, calm camp?
1: I think so. I mean, I, I think it's going to be a different camp than, than what uh, the Yankees saw under Joe Girardi. Um, but h- how that plays out, honestly, I don't know because we haven't seen what an Aaron Boone spring training camp would look like because we can't call back on a previous stop that he might have had because this is his first managing job. And it's a completely new coaching staff as well. I mean, the Yankee spring trainings since I've been covering the team, and I go back to 2009, uh, were run with military precision in terms of you know, drills, if they were scheduled on the, the sheet to start at 9.41 a.m. on Field 3, that's when they started, and that was Rob Thompson, the longtime bench coach and third base coach. Uh, he was the one in charge of, of designing the spring training uh, schedule, um, and he's, of course, now the bench coach in, in Philadelphia. Um, that doesn't mean that it's not going to be every bit as precise uh, under Aaron Boone. Again, we just don't, uh, we just don't know. Uh, and so that's yet another one of the storylines going into this uh, this camp that we don't um, you know that we don't know um, that are interesting to, to follow because um, you know there, there there's more that we don't know than, than what we do know so um, um, that's um, yeah I'm I'm fascinated to see that but I'm I'm sure it's going to go fine and he's got you know Larry Rothschild has been in the, the game for 30 plus years is back is his pitching coach former big league. Uh, manager, he's got uh, you know a coaching staff that he's very comfortable with, um, so I, I'm i sure it's g- going to be just fine. But I'm sure that there's going to be differences than what we saw under Joe Girardi. Uh,
0: that's an excellent segue because that's exactly what I was going to ask you next. Was the 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 steadiness of having a Rothschild come back and to work with these pitchers and to work with you know I mean he just has a wide array of guys. Uh, To work with, you know, not only to get the bullpen squared away, but, you know, where are these young guys going to fit in? You know, is Jordan Montgomery going to be that fifth starter? You know, how is how is he going to, you know, are they going to give an opportunity to the Chance Adams of the world? And are are they going to try to you know, do something different with the bullpen. You know, I think the strength of Girardi in my own, you know, I know people will debate this, but I thought one of the great strengths of Girardi is that no matter what he was, you know, no matter what hand he was dealt with the bullpen, Eric, and I don't know if you agree with this, but no matter what hand he was dealt with the bullpen, that he was able to figure out a way to make it work. He might ruffle some feathers along the way, but he's always able to get that bullpen productive and, that's my that's my biggest concern with a with a new manager uh, with such high expectations for the team is how you know is how is he going to manage that bullpen and and having Rothschild has to be you know a big a big help or a big assistance in that in that effort.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no question about that, and I, I know that um, you know fans like to target the, the the pitching coach and the hitting coach a lot of times when things don't work out, but I can tell you within the game. Uh, talking to other, you know, over the years, scouts, executives from other teams, not with the Yankees, but from other teams, Larry Rothschild considered one of the best, if not the best pitching coaches in the game. And that's just, that's a, that's a fact in terms of his reputation. Now, to your question about Girardi's handling of bullpen, yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And one of my pet peeves with the criticisms of Girardi over the years, and, you know, you can, you know, quibble with, with certain things, was when people would rip his decisions with the bullpen. Let me tell you this, there's very few teams – they get to the month of September and have a arrested and be a somewhat healthy bullpen. The Yankees under Joe Girardi pretty much had that every year. That's a reflection of, of of usage and that's a reflection of not putting in, you know, a pitcher in, you know, for a fifth day in a row or a fourth day in a row in May, like some fans uh, and and media might even be clamoring for on social media, and always seen the long game, and Girardi was very good doing that with his, uh, with his relief pitchers. Now, I think the last year or so, maybe there was a little bit of an over-reliance on Dellin Betances, and I think that, that, that he did get, you know, tired. He was the exception to the rule uh, of what I just said, but by and large, you know, Girardi had a, a, a rule uh, that occasionally he broke, but for the most part, he would not use guys three days in a row, um, and he had other, uh, you know, rules as well. Uh, with his relievers, and that allowed the Yankees consistently, um, certainly in the last you know five, six years, to have one of the best, if not the best bullpens uh, in, in baseball and somebody would get hurt, another guy would step in uh, and most recent example uh, was last year was Chad Green, who started the year not even on the uh, the big league roster on a camp, and he developed into an indispensable uh, part of their bullpen. Uh, You know, last year is sort of that multiple innings uh, guy or the way David Robertson after the trade was used and and Tommy Canley. And, you know, you can go uh, on and on. And that's just talking about last year. So I, yes, I don't think Girardi ever got the credit that he deserved for uh, how he used his bullpen.
0: Well, look, I, I certainly want to thank you for joining us today, uh, Eric. Uh, you can follow Eric on Twitter at eBoland11, that's E-B-O-L-A-N-D 11, uh, for his uh, you know, daily and, and more than daily, twice daily, three times daily updates uh, from Tampa. And thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it, Eric.
1: Mark, it's my pleasure. And let's, uh, let, let's, do it again soon. Obviously, uh, a multitude of storylines from down here and we, uh, we probably only covered, a, uh, not even a quarter of them. So, uh, let's do it again.
0: Absolutely. Uh, take care. See you at the ballpark.
1: We look forward to it, Mark. Be well.
0: And that was Eric Boland. Uh, you know, always a solid guy, always a good guy to have, uh, you know, have around, uh, and certainly enjoyed uh, sharing a press box with him, uh, over the years. And, um, you know, uh, his his first year covering the Yankees, uh, I think was, I, I've I've covered them since 2009, but 2009 was the last time I was there on a regular basis covering the 2009 World Series, which was a nice highlight uh, for my career when I was at Baseball Digest as the online editor. But you know, a lot of stuff to, to talk about, as Eric said. You know, there's so many storylines uh, with, with the Yankees this spring, um, you know, the, 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 the trades that have yet to be made, you know, the signings that have yet to be made. I still think the Yankees before they break ground, uh, you know, before they, you know, break camp and, and, and come to the Bronx, I still think they're going to sign a pitcher. And I, I still think, I still think it's going to be you Darvish. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they make it happen. But you know, I'm not, and that's just speculation. I'm not saying that you know I've heard anything or anybody's told me anything, but I certainly believe that you Darvish uh, is a guy that the Yankees are interested in. And if they can make the, if they can make it work money-wise, if they can move some things around, I think they would really want. I think they really want to add another solid starting pitcher. And I I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. So if you're a Yankee fan, you've got to be really excited about uh, what they've done. Uh, Certainly, uh, you know, looking forward to, uh, you know, spring training games once they get started. And then, uh, you know, on the other side of town with the Mets, uh, we weren't able to get anybody today uh, to come on the show. I wanted to do like a a half-Yankee, half-Mets show. But I just want to talk a little bit about – you know, before we let you go, I I do want to talk a little bit uh, to the fans out there and ask them this question, that if you had, you know, the ability to sign another starting pitcher within reason and within, you know, the constraints, you know, within the constraints that the, the Mets have set for themselves and the rest of Major League Baseball has set for themselves, I've heard... Uh, a minor league deal for Andrew Kashner is, is, is possible. Uh, a lot of fans seem to think that uh, giving up a first-round pick uh, and giving up $500,000 worth of international signing bonus money is worth a, You know, a Lance Lynn or an Alex Cobb. Uh, you know, Count me among the people that think giving up that kind of, uh, especially with some of the players that are being talked about at the, in, the, in the international pool, is... Um, I don't want to give up any international pool money uh, for an Alex Cobb or a Lance Lynn that are okay. You know, they're okay. Now, I mean, I'd rather see, you know, Sandy Alderson gets paid to be the general manager of the Mets. I'd like to, How about being a little creative? How about making a creative trade to get a starting pitcher? How about taking some of the, you know, I hate to see Wilmer Flores go, but I, there's got to be a team that could use a guy like Wilmer Flores. How about getting a pitching version of Wilma Flores? How about signing someone to a minor league deal and seeing what happens? How about giving Chris Flexen uh, an opportunity uh, to see if he can win a, a rotation spot? Uh, I, I certainly would, would put Zach Wheeler, myself, I'd put Zach Wheeler in the pen before I'd put anybody else in the pen. I keep hearing people talk about putting Mats in the pen. Mats is a guy who is perfectly cast as a starting pitcher. When I look at him, uh, yes, I'm old, so he reminds me of John Matlack. He also reminds me of um, Andy Pettit, just the way he does the full windup, just the way he's lanky and strong. Um, yeah, he has. But I've I've said it for years. You know, I I felt that the way the Yankees, uh, the way the Mets trade, uh, you know, train pitchers, uh, the the Terry Collins, Dan Worthen school of, you know, you know, throw enough stuff against the wall and maybe it'll stick, uh, is not the way to go about business. So maybe Mickey Callaway and maybe Dave Island can figure out how to keep. Steve Matt's healthy, and I, I, I'm i not looking to trade him. You know, I certainly want to give this guy an opportunity. I think it's always key when you can have a really good lefty in your rotation. And so, so, you know, what, what do you fans think? You know, certainly uh, reach out to us at Gotham Baseball on Instagram, at Gotham Baseball on, on Twitter, and you can certainly check out our Facebook page at facebook.com. Uh, slash Gotham baseball. So let us know what what pitcher would you like to see uh, on the New York Mets. And I'm going to leave this 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 this. I'm going to leave everybody with this last you know this last idea. Could someone in the mainstream media ask the New York Mets why it was okay for the team not to sign you know another starter? or at this point at least not another starter, but to invest $20 million into a an eSports team in the Overwatch League. I still have not heard it. People talk about money, they talk about flexibility, they talk about the payroll. Well, you lost a lot of flexibility if you're spending $20 million on an eSports team. And I have yet to hear one person from the mainstream media ask that question. Okay? There, there are certainly the Kevin Currens and the Mike Vaccaros of the world who have always had the fans back and always question and challenge Mets ownership about the payroll and about investing in the team and about how ridiculous it is for them to base attendance on whether or not they're going to invest in the team. You know, this is not backwards. You know, you, you, don't, you don't invest in something after. You invest in it before. Get people excited. Um, Mets fans are excited because they're Mets fans. You know, um, even coming off a terrible season, how do you energize the fan base? I mean, I love that Todd Frazier's here. I love that, uh, you know, they've made the investments they've made uh, with Jay Bruce and bringing back Jose Reyes. And, you know, but is this team, you know, ready to ready to contend for the title? You know, the the National League East title, are they ready to go toe to toe with the Nationals? Because the Nationals wiped the floor with them last year. You know, can, can anyone out there as a, as a Met fan feel strongly outside of the pom-pom waivers? Like, is there anybody out there that feels like the New York Mets are ready to contend for the NL East? Because I don't. No, I think they can be a 500 team at this point. I don't think they've really improved themselves. They kind of have brought back kind of sort of the same team that they brought back a year ago, with the exception being Todd Frazier. But Todd Frazier doesn't hit for a high average. He'll play good defense. He'll, you know, give the... Give the team occasional pop, but at the end of the day, let's be honest, you know they're really not that much better than they were a year ago. you know they need to be health uh, healthy, they need to be consistent, and then we'll see. we'll see if uh, you know investing in a new manager and Mickey Calloway and investing in a new pitching coach and Dave island can change their fortunes around but i I don't think you're really <laughs> you know I, I don't think we could say at this point. Again, unless you're really one of those optimistic, pom-pom-waving fans that the Mets are going to contend in 2018 for anything other than a 500 record. I want to thank uh, Eric Boland for being with us and taking the time from Tampa. Uh, where he is with uh, the Yankees in spring training. Uh, As we uh, move forward, we're going to try to do more of these live spring training. I know Rich Cattino from ESPN said he's going to hop on with us hopefully next week, and we'll try to get uh, these updates for you uh, as we move forward. So have a great weekend, everybody, and welcome for uh, and and thank you for uh, joining us again uh, on Gotham Baseball Live. Have a great, great weekend, everybody. Take care.